So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Gang, good afternoon and welcome to a special edition of the really big Barbecue Central show. Uh, this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live as always from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, recently reported as being the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. Lots of uh, great guest talk to talk about here over the next 20 minutes or so. So uh, let's go ahead and get right to it. You know, rarely do we do anything pre-recorded for the show, but in certain circumstances, I will make the exception. And this is one of those times we're recording this segment today, which is Friday, August 16th, right around 4 o'clock Eastern. My guest today got on my radar when he was hosting a fledgling Internet-based wine review show, which many of you know as today Wine Library Television, or WLTV, as the Vaniacs came to know and love it. He's in the midst of doing like one interview a day over a year. I snag him today, and there is plenty to get into with this limited amount of time, so let's race over to the hotline. And welcome multiple-time author, keynote speaker, social media expert, investment and entrepreneur, and second-time guest on this show, Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, brother. Thanks for having me on. Uh, very excited to have you on here, Gary, and a lot of stuff to get to. I guess for the people that just kind of crawled out from underneath that rock, uh, the little thumbnail sketch background of you, and uh, then we'll actually get into the meat of the subject. No pun intended. Sure. Yeah, no worries. Uh, you know, born in Belarus, former Soviet Union, immigrant, lemonade stands, baseball cards, grew up with nothing but hustled, selling lemonade and baseball cards, then eventually dragged to my dad's liquor store, two bucks an hour, bag of nice, fell in love with wine wanted to become the biggest wine retailer in the world, discovered the internet, launched winelibrary.com in 1996. That was the catalyst of building a three to a $50 million business. Um, launched Wine Library TV in 2006, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. People didn't understand the marketing power behind those platforms. I did. Um, built a really good brand, became somewhat internet famous, leveraged that into speaking publicly around how I did it. One specific keynote created a 10-book deal from HarperCollins, wrote a book called Shit, Times Bestseller, came out of nowhere, put me on the map in some ways. My brother graduates, we're 11 years apart. We started a social media agency called Vayner Media. It's gone from 20 to 280 people in the last 24 months as I kind of took the helm and became CEO there. Uh, that's in Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Uber, and uh, kind of a pretty big career in Angel and this thing. And uh, really just diehard fan people, big fan of yours, um, and anybody else who's been engaging with me for four or five years, excited to be back in the show. All right, Gary, so let me make a bold statement here and tell me if you agree or not. Uh, and, and I'm not going to ask you all the same horseshit that everybody else asks you when you're doing interviews about making me have 40 million Facebook followers or how do you do this or that. Let's keep it a little wine-related, if we could, at least for the moment. Tell me if you agree or not. Typically, younger palates 
and by younger I mean, of course, 21, maybe between 21 and 30, that younger parents aren't always developed enough to enjoy a good or perhaps a bad bottle of wine? I think it's context, right? Like, you can be 30 and and have had 100 bottles of wine. You can be 24 and have had 100 bottles of wine. And so, you know, I don't think it's necessarily age. I think it's experience. And so, like, when I was 25, I've tasted 4,000, 10,000, 20,000 different wines. And at that point, I was massively appreciating it, right? So I started Wine Library TV three months after my 30th birthday, and I really knew my shit, right? And so... Um, I just think it's context, that's all. But I do think it's like anything else. Whether you achieve it at 24 or at 44, when you start tasting and drinking and trying more wines, eventually you're going to start understanding the romance. Um, there's just so much going on with it, but it takes the palate, a fresh palate, some time before it starts understanding the subtleties. We're talking with Gary Vaynerchuk, his website, if you want to check it out while we're chatting up a little bit. Gary Vaynerchuk, V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-K, Vaynerchuk.com. Check that out while we're talking. Uh, Gary, during the Wine Library TV days, you talked many times on the show about working to develop your palate in different ways. For, For wine in general, I guess, what's the best way to go about getting your palate set to take on these massive flavors that some of these wines have? You know, trying different things, you know, it's funny to me, somebody, you know, I went to a wine tasting, well, when I started Wine Library TV, reading the comments or emails, this happens every day, I'll say, you know, this tastes like raspberry or, or, or more specifically cassis or chocolate or, you know, mango or things of that nature. And, and it's really tough to pick up the nuances of papaya or, you know, bell pepper if you've actually never had a papaya or bell pepper. So I've done the extreme versions on Wine Library TV of eating dirt or leather, or all these funny things I've done, but it's to make a point that if you really are passionate about wine and you want to really try and learn new things, you need to go to the supermarket and you need to try pomegranate and you need to try, you know, uh, you know, guava and you need to try star fruit because if you don't know or have context for those flavors, you'll never pick them up in a wine. Did you have a taste, like when you had your first taste of wine, where you're like, this is like the worst thing ever? Or was there something about it? It seems like uh, beer is the same way. There's some dudes that I know that the first sip of beer, and they were like, wow, I love beer. Some people are like, oh, this is terrible. And I know we talked about context here a couple minutes ago, but just for you personally, was that first sip of wine like uh, a godsend, or could you have done without it? It took me two years. I mean, it was actually scarier than that. I was already <laughs> kind of whiz kid academically around wine when I started tasting it. And I tasted it, and I'm like, uh-oh. You know, I had this, like, buildup of, like, I'm going to love it, I'm going to know it, because I've been reading about it, and I hated it. And I'll tell you right now, if my family did not have a liquor store and I didn't grow up in the wine business, I probably would never drink wine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just acutely aware of that. So it was, it was tough. It took me a good two years. I'm, I would say it wasn't until 23 that I was starting to get going. It was tough. It was a, it was a very... It was a very tough journey for me because I was so passionate about selling it, but I didn't love it at first. Um, but I knew I'd get there because I've heard it so many times. It's pretty cliche with wine that it gets you eventually, and, and so I did get there. When you're in the position that you were buying wine at that point and selling it, right, and, and you're tasting yeah. it and not liking it, I mean, what kind of a, an effect does that have on your business and buying and it, thinking that this it, one's going to be a good one or this it, one's yeah, going to be a bad it, one? It, it makes you rely on other factors. It made me rely on Robert Parker and the Wine Spectator and brands that were big and, 
you know, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, all things I didn't like. I didn't like relying on somebody else, but I had no choice because I didn't understand the differences yet. I knew I knew everything about it technically. I knew the vineyards and I knew the winemakers and I knew the regions and I knew the ratings, but I just couldn't get there. Uh, it was tough. I mean, it was definitely tough. So it made me reliant on other media, which was not fun for me. And that's why Wine Library TV was so gratifying because I created a, a new media, you know, juggernaut around my personality, my points of view, talking to people about wine, not being a douchebag. And that was very gratifying, especially from where I started from. You mentioned wine ratings, and I guess for people that aren't really into wine and know what these ratings are, how is the scale, you know, where does it start, where does it end, what's a great bottle of wine, what's a bad bottle of wine? Scale. Most wines rate between 60 and 100. Most wines actually rate between 80 and 100. So it's really a 20-point scale, and 90 is that magical ni- number that when a wine gets a 90, now you're talking about something that's good, serious, sought after. Um, that's kind of worth that. It's still a subjective grade, though, right? Somebody's tasting it and deciding yeah, it's, it's 90 it's or it's just, 50. I mean, everybody listening, it's no different than Rotten Tomatoes or, or Cisco and Ebert or anything really in the world. It's massively subjective. It's one human being's point of view. I don't know if I'm probably anointing you officially here on this show, Gary, but I feel that you are, at least in my opinion, kind of that singular person who went out, went out of their way to desnobberize, that's not a word, desnobberize the wine industry and in full part really succeeded. And I have to imagine as you're building that WLTV brand, that was really kind of an important thing for you to not only try to do but achieve and actually break through that wall of stuffed shirts and everybody turning their nose up at you. For sure. I mean, and and more importantly, it's because I like people and I just like dudes and I like, you know, down to her chicks, right? Like, that's how I talk. It's what I think about. You know, my big goal was, can I get so big that the 22-year-olds in college would sit around and watch my show? And when I started getting those kind of emails, it was like, oh, my God, I'm like, I'm making it, right? Like, could I get so big that I'd go to Jets tailgates and be walking to the stadium and people would stop me and say, hey, Gary B., I'm drinking this wine because of your show. And those things happened. It's a big deal. It was a big, big deal. And if I didn't have aspirations... To if I didn't if I didn't start off as a businessman if it was just the art of wine if I stayed the course I could have really 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 entrenched myself as the guy right and I and and I definitely did that but obviously as I segued into more more business talk and more business content it changed the dynamic but it's still such a important part of my life and history and it was a lot of fun. You know, you mentioned earlier in the, in the show about being semi-internet famous. And just as a gauge, because I have no idea what that means, if you're walking down the mean streets of New York City, how many in 10 people will just shout out to you? Zero. But Zero. One, one or two people a day will recognize me. Um, and that's a bigger number than you actually realize, you know? Oh, so sure. it's pretty cool. It's actually perfect. And then there's those moments. I was in the Minnesota airport, and four different people recognized me. That was four separate groups of people, individuals. That was kind of interesting. So, you know, it runs the gamut. You know, it's, it's moments in time. But getting one or two a day is a lot more than you actually, you know. I was, uh, I was at a Yankee game the other day with Wayne Corbett, the former wide receiver in the New York Jets, yep. who had a fairly big career. And in New York, at a sports event, 
and zero people recognized him. <laughs> uh, Wayne Corbett and I have something in common. Zero people recognize us on the mean streets. That's all right. Um, as far as wines, let me use your palate here just for a second for the barbecue people, um, because there seems to be like more and more barbecue competitions. There might be a little bit more ancillary versus the traditional four that are turned in uh, to win the big money. But at the barbecue competition, sometimes they want you to pair wine with the four yeah. meats that you're turning in. We're talking about flavor profiles of rubs that are sweet, salty. A lot of them will have like a back-end heat going on with them. So if you're cooking a brisket with those type of a flavor profiles, do you have like any suggestions or thoughts on wines that might pair well with the brisket? I'm a big fan of Petite Syrah. Um, I think the fruit really goes well with brisket, and especially with those kind of flavor profiles. Um, the cliche answer is Zinfandel, but I, I tend to like Grenache a little bit more, so shine up the pop. Uh, the Rhone Valley, I would say Kornos, a Gigandas, um, a Vakaras, a Shot of the Pop, all of those stand out to me. Um, I also wouldn't shy away from a Chilean car- Carmenier, um, so those kind of would be the ones that most stick out. Uh, then you have two big pork categories. You have uh, ribs, whether they be baby back or spare ribs. Spare is obviously having a little bit more fat uh, kind of weaving with, uh, woven within the meat. And then you have the pork shoulder, which is traditionally uh, highly laden with fat. Uh, pulled pork coming out of the pork, but ribs, ribs, obviously. Uh, any thoughts on wines for those to pair with? You know, pulled pork, I've had some really interesting... I had a really weird answer to this. I had one of the more signature kind of really enjoyable pairings of my career recently, which was a pulled pork sandwiches with champagne. Really? And that really doesn't come across as the natural pairing, but it crushed. It was a rosé champagne, so it was Pinot Noir-based. I just absolutely loved it, so I'll go with that. Um, I just thought that was incredible, incredible. Um, Big back ribs, uh, I've had a couple different pairings, but if you've never had a Petite Verdot, I'd highly recommend if you're listening to write this down, P-E-T-I-T-E, uh, second word, B-E-R-D-O-T. Great varietal that I think would really knock it out of the park for you. Uh, last category in any competition traditionally is uh, chicken. Now, typically, pitmasters are turning in chicken thighs, so darker meat, uh, skin on top of that with a little bit of layer of fat, sometimes chicken breast, but just as a whole, or I guess if we're taking it by cut, you know, dark meat versus white meat, do you use the same, or can you switch it up depending on what color you got? You can switch it up, right, because obviously white meat has a different variable. It needs a little more oomph to kind of make it interesting. I mean, I, I find dark meat to have a little more succulent you know, kind of, um, you know, flavor profile. For me, on the on the chicken white meat, I, I love white. Uh, you know, I think of Viognier from the Rhone Valley or California really crushes a Bordeaux Blanc and Sauvignon based. So Bordeaux is known for red wines, but a Bordeaux Blanc, I think, can really do quite well. Um, also, a Australian Hunter Valley Semillon, I think, is great. On the dark meat side, you can go in a couple of different places. I've actually had some tremendous luck with lighter reds. Uh, Pinot Noir tends to be fun, but Beaujolais has bad kind of reputation because of Beaujolais Nouveau, but real Beaujolais, Morgone, Fleury, St. Julien, Beaujolais crew wines are incredible. Gary Vaynerchuk joining us here on the show, the website Gary Vaynerchuk. Dot com. Let me transition into the books a little bit here before I let you go, Gary. Um, you've written Crushed It, as you mentioned, The Thank You Economy, which was the follow-up to that. Now you have Jab, 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 Right Hook. How does this compare, and then how does this contrast to the two other books you've written so far? 
This one is probably a little bit of more similar to Crush It. It's more of a utility, 86 case studies. This is how to tell your story on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram. Everybody who's listening needs to know how to do that for themselves and more importantly for their businesses. You know, when you're posting awareness to this show, when you post it, what time are you posting it on Facebook? Is it just a link that then creates the default link on Facebook or are you creating a picture that's going to over-index on mobile and going to get you more results? How many words are you putting into the status update? Too many is worse. Is the video or the audio the full link, or is it better off for you to have 20 seconds there on Facebook and then a link to your website that has the full version? Are you trying to sell things, subscribers? What's the mix? How often do you just give general barbecue facts on your fan page versus promoting the things you do? That's what I tackle in this book. It is the most important conversation going into 2014, and I'm really damn excited about it. If you're a business or a budding personality that thinks that they have what it takes to try and get to the next level, whatever that next level they think is, when should you as a person or a business consider a PR firm, let's say a VaynerMedia since I have you on uh, and it's convenient, but when should a person consider having somebody like you help them get to that next level? Well, Vapor's a creative agency, right? So we're less PR than we are creating the content. But for PR, which I know extremely well, I think you wait until you can actually afford three to $5,000 a month, right? I mean, that's what it's going to cost to have somebody decent especially, you know, that's going to really get you real results. That's a chunk of change, and so it takes time. I mean, the first three or four years when I was getting a lot of press, I was doing it all by myself. So you can do it a lot of ways, but, um, but I would say it takes some time, and I think, you know, three to four years is a, is a realistic time frame for a lot of people, but three to $5,000 is real money. And so the answer is right away. The problem is it's expensive. There seem to be some pitfalls for PR firms, or I've heard a lot of horror stories out there. Oh, you're paying tons. somebody, but you're not getting, or you're getting very little in return. Tons. I mean, it's just classic. That's why I love social media. You don't have to rely on anybody. You can do it direct to consumer, right? Free as me, right? Yeah, that's it. Gary, before I let you go, last question. Tell me why I should be buying into these freaking Cleveland Browns this year. You know, I really want to believe that the new regime and ownership. This quarterback, this fine. quarterback. I we, mean, this quarterback is having another uh, good camp, uh, and more importantly, the running back's the real deal. <laughs> I mean, he's just running over people. I mean, last tiger. I don't know. I you know I'm I'm buying into the Cleveland Browns. I've already circled December fifth against the Jets as wow. crap. The Browns are going to come in and beat my Jets. I mean, I'm buying into the Browns this year. I think this. I'm buying in. I, I want to be so excited because the first two quarters of the first two preseason games have been really good. And look, as a diehard Cleveland Browns fan, you can only eat so much poop year after year I without thinking so about going to Pittsburgh or somewhere else. Yeah. I have so much respect for Cleveland fans. I'm going to make a statement right now. I wish that when I immigrated to America, we moved to Cleveland. Really? <laughs> yes, because I love, love the climb, and Cleveland has had the ultimate climb to a championship. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk joining us here on the show. The new book is Jab, 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 Right Hook. Uh, it is out now, right? You can go buy that? It's, it's available on pre-order. It's pre-order. pushing it so hard. I love pre-ordering. The book will be out, actually, November 26th. Um, but I'm pushing it now. I mean, pre-sales count. And so yep. um, thanks for mentioning it. 
Yeah, pre-sale uh, going on right now. GaryVaynerchuk.com. You can uh, follow all the links over there to buy yourself a copy. Uh, buy one for yourself. Buy two for your friends and buddies. They'll thank you for it, uh, no doubt about it. Gary, thanks so much for coming on this afternoon and breaking it all down for us, and we'll talk to you again soon. I wish everybody super well. Thanks for supporting this great show. Everybody who's listening, take care of yourselves. All right, there he is, Gary Vaynerchuk, ladies and gentlemen. Very busy man, and certainly appreciate the fact that he gave uh, time for the show here. Uh, this will go up on the podcast feed. I mean, obviously, anybody that watched it live now, good for you. What do I say? Always want to watch a show live. You never know what's going to happen. Never know what's going to happen. You have web celebrities like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk on, wine's, uh, wine expert. Hopefully, for the people that were out there taking notes, because you're going to be going to a barbecue competition next week that has you pairing wines, Hopefully you took notes. If not, what's the best thing about this show? Everything is always recorded. Everything is always archived. And now you're off and running. So there you go. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, Thanks to Gary Vaynerchuk. GaryVaynerchuk.com. V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-K. Jab, 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 right hook out in pre-order right now. It will drop November 26th for real. As Gary said, pre-sales count. Buy one, buy five, buy ten. Follow Gary on Twitter. He's always running some kind of a, a deal. You buy this many and he'll do something. Well worth the follow. Lots of great info. And we'll be back Tuesday with a live show. Barbecue one. Great guests lined up. Uh, thanks again to Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, I will see you at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this coming Tuesday. Until then, this is your program house. Uh, program house? Oh, I guess program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.